Welcome to Can, Can We, we talk, talk About this? this? I'm your host, Amberly from The Power of Birth. And I'm your producer, Rajelle from Be Designs. And together we created this podcast to talk about women's health and the things that really matter. We have a real passion and focus on women's health and wellness and overall emphasize the importance of talking about maternal health. We chat to experts and continue sharing your stories. We're here to start the conversation, raise awareness, spread the word, call out gaps in the system and implicit biases. And we hope you learn something or even if you're just screaming yes the entire podcast. This is not a place for small talk. We're about real talk. And when we know better, we do better. And we challenge you to start this conversation elsewhere. Did you know you can find further resources on thepowerofbirth.net via the printable resources tab that includes things like a hospital bag checklist, postpartum toolbox, pelvic health information, and so much more. Don't forget while you're there to subscribe to thepowerofbirth.net for your free printable motherhood affirmations. I hope you love them as much as I do. Caesarean section, commonly known as C-section, is a surgical procedure in which a baby is delivered through an incision made in the seven layers of a mother's abdomen. While vaginal birth is the most common and preferred method of delivery these days, C-sections are sometimes necessary for various reasons, and some women often elect to birth this way, while for others, C-sections can be an unexpected outcome. In 2020, 37% of all women giving birth in Australia had a caesarean section, and despite this high rate of belly births, we often aren't prepared for the demanding recovery and little information is given around the healing the incision, postnatal exercise, and even pelvic floor. So today I'm chatting with Kath Bukwi, a physiotherapist working in women's health, your host of the Pregnancy, Birth, and Recovery podcast, founder of Fitness Mama, and mum of three herself. She has over 16 years of experience guiding mamas through their pregnancy, fitness journeys, and postnatal and pelvic floor rehabilitation. Kath, welcome. Thanks, Amber. Thank you for having me. So I'm actually really curious to know a little bit about your story and what led you to becoming a women's health physio. Mm. Well, I, I, I can't believe I say this, but I've been in women's health right from when I did my uni placements. Um, I started off my physio career thinking, oh yeah, I'll do sports physio, just like every other physio student out there, not knowing what physio entailed. But I soon discovered, um, I worked during uni years, I worked as a sports trainer on the football field. So in the middle of winter, you know, I'd be out there freezing cold, horizontal wind, uh, horizontal rain, and having to massage these sweaty hamstrings and tape up dirty, muddy ankles. And I was just like, ugh, this is not my... (laughs) not my jam and I did an elective in the women's health clinic and from that moment I loved it so my career did take like I've gone down the hospital route I've done a lot of neuro um, neuro rehab so neurological rehabilitation and but I've always worked part-time in a women's health clinic doing a lot of pilates for pregnancy postpartum and then it wasn't until I had the birth birth of my first baby that i realized how little I knew even though I was a physio working in the women's health space I then decided to go and do postgraduate training in pelvic floor rehab and from that moment on it's all been about women's health and I love it it's just such a beautiful area you know it's not about like on nothing against my sports physio counterparts but like for me it's it's yeah I just love helping women 
with this area because A, it's often undertreated and underdiagnosed. B, it can change someone's confidence, their mental health. It can have an impact throughout life. And I think we don't treat this area enough. And I think in the past, women, once they've had a baby, they might have their six-week check by the doctor and then they're told, and this was me at my six-week checkup, okay, you're doing really well. I'll see you when you next have a baby. And I thought, my whole body feels so different. My whole body feels foreign to me. I I feel like a whole new person, yet you're telling me everything's fine and you'll see me when when I next get pregnant? Like, what? Mm. (laughs) So um, this is where, like, I feel at postnatal rehab, is just so important and can make such a powerful difference in our life. You know, we spend so much time preparing for birth, um, preparing our nursery, getting the baby's clothes and the right pram. And I think if we can spend just a little bit more time focusing on our rehab and investing back into our body, it can just have amazing benefits to every facet of our life so yeah I love talking about this so thank you for having me on (laughs) yeah and I'm like nodding the whole way through you talking just because I'm like yes preach like you're obviously preaching to the choir but for anyone listening this is it like this is why we have these conversations we're kind of we get a lot wrong I would say in terms of prenatal postnatal care and we lack pelvic health knowledge just in general you know whether or not you have a baby So today we are focusing on cesarean sections. Last month was cesarean section awareness month. And so I just thought, how good would it be to be able to have a conversation just all about cesareans? And we can't separate pelvic floor from that, which we will get into as well. But I I often find after, I would just say birth in general, but particularly cesarean sections that a lot of women say, well, I wish someone told me. So from a women's health perspective, what are some normal things to expect when you have a cesarean section? Yeah, I think a lot of them are quite well known in terms of it is major abdominal surgery and the recovery, like there is a recovery process. You're going to have some incision pain and healing. Um, You're going to need to be aware of the hygiene in that area and following, you know, care instructions from your doctor um there's soreness there's weakness there's difficulty in coughing um it can be laughing can be uncomfortable so there's i think they're quite well known which is great because it is major abdominal surgery and i think it needs to be treated as such and there should be a like a postnatal care plan if so if you've had a cesarean Hopefully you understand some of the key factors, and I'm sure we'll get into some of them today. Hopefully we will, um, in terms of how you can best help support your body in that healing process. Mm. So then what are some common physical changes and challenges women may experience after such surgery? Well, let's start off with pain, because I think that's a big one. Um, so from a like I used to work in the wards after um, on the postnatal wards, and a lot of what we're helping women with there is you know discussing how we can the pain can be settled. So obviously speaking to your doctor and your care providers and your midwives about pain relief, but from a physical point of view, some 
there's some really, should we go through some quick tips in terms of what to do in those first few days to help manage the pain? So one of them would be a log roll to get out of bed because often that sit up to get out of bed can be really uncomfortable. And I'm not a huge fan of those monkey hangers, those over bed monkey hangers, because that's actually, that's quite a lot of hard work on your upper body. And actually, like if you try to use that, it does require quite a bit of abstract to pull yourself up. So I love a log roll. So you roll onto your side first and you'll have probably have an up-down bed head, you know, with the little button. So you, you get yourself, you get your bed head up, you'll roll onto your side, and then it is so easy, well, it's not so easy, it's so easy for me to say, <laughs> but then it's a lot easier to just let your legs drop over and use your arms to push yourself up into sitting. So log rolls, amazing. And if that can continue for the first few weeks, like when you get home as well, I know it sounds so little, but this is even something we could do in pregnancy too because your abs are stretched especially later pregnancy and you're actually quite weak and it's quite hard to just do that sit up out of bed so a log roll from pregnancy through to that first six weeks is a lovely one so that would be your first pal we talked about pain relief um the other quick tip as well is to support the wound so if you're going to cough if you feel a cough's coming or a sneeze or a laugh, um, you could grab a, a little rolled up towel or a pillow and just pop it against your um, your incision site before you cough. And that's a really nice, simple one. Um, bursts of horizontal rest, amazing. So our body has been through so much. And I recommend this even if you have a vaginal birth. For the first six weeks, if you can allocate five-minute bursts of horizontal rest – particularly in the afternoon, when you're tired, when your toddler's starting to get a bit cranky, whatever it is, if you can lie down, you know, read a book to your toddler for five minutes on the couch or whatever it might be, just to get your feet up and the weight of gravity off the wound, that can also be really helpful. Mm. So I remember when I've you're obviously speaking to someone who hasn't had a cesarean section. So I'm coming from, I guess, an outsider's perspective, but chatting to a lot of women, you know, so in prior, I would say maybe like my mom's generation after a cesarean section, like there's no way you'd be getting out of bed in that first day. Whereas I find these days they kind of want you up and at it like as soon as possible. What, why would we be doing that now? Mm. Yeah. So that early mobilization, the, the, again, um, your doctor and your healthcare team will talk you through when a good time to get out of bed is. But we want to do that to help prevent blood, blood clots and the swelling aspect. So that is actually just really important from that point of view. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that balance, isn't it? Yes, early mobilization is important, but so is rest. So finding that balance. And so with walking, for example, and again, this is my recommendation if you've had a vaginal or a cesarean, but it's to build up the walking gradually. I think so often you might not do much for a week or so, you know, you're in discomfort. And then two weeks after giving birth, you're feeling good, pain's under control, you had a good night's sleep, I'm going to go for a walk. So you might set off for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, and you think, oh my gosh, like it can, there's no gray area. So I really do recommend building it up gradually, five minutes extra each week. So for the first week, 
five-minute little walks around the hospital ward, around your home, you know, perhaps around the block. Um, Second week, it'll be 10 minutes. And I don't mean 10 minutes and that's it for the whole day. Like 10 minutes in the morning, maybe 10 minutes lunch, 10 minutes afternoon. But just having a 10-minute burst in that second week postpartum, follow and including some horizontal rest, that can be it just it's all about helping to nourish your body and not deplete it further so I've had feedback and from what I did that just felt amazing um yeah and then third week 15 minutes fourth week 20 so by the time you get to six weeks you're doing 30 minute bursts of walking and that's that's lovely so I guess that's relative to postnatal exercise right so you sort of talked about walking but how soon after a cesarean section can women start to do other things um, in terms of maybe recovery exercises or things other than walking? Because I know a lot of women go back to the like team sports and things like that and it makes me stress when I hear someone just had, has just had a baby and they're back at it not long after. Um, but, yeah, what are some like typical things you would recommend? Inside my online workout program, I do have some gentle core connect exercises that are safe from – what I say one to six weeks postpartum or two to six weeks but then I don't call them workouts these core connect they can be as simple as some pelvic floor exercises some deep breathing exercises some functional exercises so stuff that we're actually doing on a day-to-day basis anyway like we we need to be able to do a bridge for example you know where you you bend your knees up feet are on the bed and you lift up your hips so there's these functional exercises that we need to be able to do so I've got some nice core connect exercises but my recommendation is don't do a I say proper workout in inverted commas for until six weeks onwards just to get that medical tick of approval make sure that incision that you know the abdominal wounds healing well and your recovery is going well would you say that because like obviously six weeks is like the generic answer for everybody and you've just said you know everybody's recovery can look different I would assume that most people almost all people I know of anyway are cleared at six weeks but isn't that when they should be then going and seeking some advice from a women's health physio yeah 100% so I feel sports let's say you've had a hip replacement or you've had or you're an athlete and you've had a knee reconstruction, generally there's a really good rehab protocol. You know, you might start your walking, then you build in some strength work, and then you might start some gentle run-throughs, and then you might get back into training with the rest of the footy team. So it's a very sequential, progressive situation based on your needs. (laughs) So, But when it comes to postnatal rehab, six weeks, yeah, get back exercising, go for it. So it's a yeah, so if we can start to adopt that approach, and this is why I call it postnatal rehab. So yes, from six weeks onwards, sure, you might be ready to start your, you know, attending something that, and again, I wouldn't suggest going straight back into your normal pre-pregnancy exercise. Let's start with something you feel confident with. So you might look in the ideal world, it would be amazing if every woman could have a pelvic well pelvic floor assessment of some sort with Mm -hmm. a physio at that six-week mark and they're actually in some countries they are offered this as part of their you know with the government sadly not in Australia yet but 
if you're you've had a cesarean don't feel that your pelvic floor is necessarily protected um, you might still it's you've still had nine months of baby weight sitting on top of your pelvic floor you've had you know nine months of everything stretching so I have seen a lot of women in the clinic with issues or concerns around incontinence leaking um those sorts of sensations it could be sexual pain it could be discomfort around the pelvis so if you've got any of those I guess little red flags or if you're unsure always go check it out because even if it's just that reassurance you know you're doing really well your body's recovering really well let's start you with this these you know few exercises and get you stronger like that can be a big relief for a lot of women to hear so yes from six weeks onwards find a trusted source that is specialized in the women's health rehab space and start a program that's graduated that suits you and your body and it's so different once you have baby isn't it like here we are talking about exercising after birth at six weeks you're probably feeling so sleep deprived exhausted it's the last thing on your mind Mm. and and this is a whole different topic. And I remember it was a massive transition for me to exercise as a new mum because my whole notion of what exercise was had to change. Yeah. It was no longer going for a beautiful walk with my friend and having a coffee afterwards, you know, going to the gym, doing a workout, having a shower, going to the supermarket on the way home. Like it was all different. And suddenly I was, you know, I remember being at home with my three young, I'm a baby and two toddlers, and thinking if I don't do 10 minutes of exercise at home right now with my kids next to me, it ain't going to happen. So whatever it is for you, finding what fits with your lifestyle, what feels easy, because if it feels easy and achievable, then we're more likely to do it and then we're more likely to set up this habit, you know, this muscle that we're building Um habit muscle I should say and then we're more likely to you know achieve our goals whatever that they might be and it might just be that your goal is you want to feel more human again you want might want to release a few endorphins and feel better mentally again it's not always about losing your baby weight and you know getting your bikini body back and all those sorts of things and I even cringe when I say that because there's so many other reasons where you want to exercise after having a baby Mm. I certainly did feel that shift after I had my babies like I, I found the shift went from sort of external superficial what do I look like to you know I want to be strong I want to be able to do this without pain or do this without being you know feeling like I'm overexerting myself or, you know, I wanted to get to a point within my body internally, the invisible things that you can't see um, and be able to do those. And so, yeah, shifting your mindset around exercise, like absolutely. And I really felt that as well. I was going to ask you, so aside from like the regular pregnancy pressures around your abdomen, what would be the difference having a cesarean section for your abdomen then? Like are there other things that you have to look out for? Like can you not be doing crunches and things like you regularly would be if you had a vaginal birth? Like sort of are there differences, I guess? Um, yeah, good question. Look, on the whole, and again, this is generalizing, if you've had a vaginal birth, you may need to focus more on your pelvic floor side of things, but your abs are going to be so weak too. Like 
I remember my total jelly belly after having a baby. I had vaginal birth and and you're feeling as weak as a kitten. And cesarean birth, same. You're, maybe your weakest link is your abdominal strength area and your pelvic floor is a little bit better. But the exercises that I provide my mums, they're not – like I don't have exercises – just for you if you've had a vaginal birth and just for you if you've had a cesarean birth because they're all, if you're doing core exercises properly and functional exercises and deep breathing and you're getting a beautiful activation of your core muscles, that's going to involve your pelvic floor and your abs all together in a beautiful way that supports your body and your back. As you said, we want we don't want to have back pain. We want to get your um, glutes and your stronger around your pelvis if you've had pelvic girdle pain. So um, you, look, yes, there could be slight difference on differences, but on the whole, um, and this is where my when I provide an exercise, I provide levels for my new mums. So you might do the exercise, and for the first two weeks, you're at level one, and then okay, I'm feeling a bit stronger. I'm going to go to level two. So I think it's less about thinking, because very rarely do we do an excellent uh, exercise, and it isolates one muscle group. Like we want to choose exercises that are functional and that will help our body as a whole. So, yeah, I don't generally provide different exercises for you if you've had a cesarean versus a vaginal birth, but there are different considerations, definitely. Mm. Interesting. Um, So then what are some signs and symptoms that something's not quite right around, I guess, having a cesarean or your, your incision and what should you do in this case? Well, if there's any pain, swelling, redness, soreness, discomfort, or you're just not sure about your wound, please do go check it out. Mm. Like that would be just the number one. And that's a doctor or you, um, if you're part of a, a team of midwives, like whoever it is that's been looking after you since you've had your baby. From a physio point of view, look, if not including the wound itself. If you're getting any stiffness around your pelvis, you've got lower backache, perhaps you're finding your posture's not what it used to be and you can't stand up nice and tall like you used to be. Um, Perhaps you're finding you don't have the strength to lift up the capsule in your baby and the pram or whatever it might be. And I'm talking from six weeks onwards because in that first six-week period, I only recommend you lift whatever is your baby weight like your baby and that's if you've had a vaginal or a cesarean I really don't think women who've had any type of birth should be hauling prams in and out the car (laughs) capsules like it's too much on any of us Mm. let alone if we've just given birth no matter what way so from six weeks onwards if you're just finding your life is impacted from weakness or soreness or you're feeling your posture is not great then yep let's let's get you on a bit of a plan Mm. And so obviously the plan would be sort of catered to you and your specific needs in your body. Um, but can you maybe give us a rough rundown of mm. what a, a yeah. plan, a generic plan might look like? Yeah. I think all women who've had a baby should be doing a combination of core strengthening, flexibility work, because you're probably going to be stiff and sore in your upper body. And, you know, if you're breastfeeding and nursing and changing nappies, um, they want to include functional exercises, so squats and all those important muscle groups and strength as well. Um, so that's where walking, for example, is a brilliant exercise after having a baby. 
absolutely brilliant. It's free, gets you out in the fresh air, releases some endorphins, you can do it with a friend. It's brilliant and definitely do it, but perhaps you might need something to complement that that then works on your inner strength, that inner core, your, you know, your strength. We want to build your body back up again for future pregnancies, for menopause that's on your doorstep, you know, so that you can run around with your kids and play tiggy at the park. And I think it, it does, you know, my hope is that every woman would be able to access some sort of postnatal rehab program. Whether or not that's a one-on-one at your physio clinic, which is obviously perhaps on the more expensive side, or online, which is why I do I have provided this lower cost. And there, there are lots on YouTube as well that are free. Again, just make sure it's from a trusted source. Like sometimes I watch them and I think, oh, please <laughs> don't do that. So yeah, if that combination, flexibility, strength, core, and cardio, amazing. Mm. And so uh, when people think of women's health physios, and they know what and they know what they are because people tend to still not know what they are these days. Um, people know that 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 they sort of work with your pelvic floor. So if you've had a cesarean section, I, I know that a lot of the time, oh, you know, I've had a C section. I don't need, I don't need to worry about my pelvic floor. What are obviously they do, <laughs> and we've sort of touched on that. But why would a mother who's had a cesarean go and see a physio? Like, what role does that play for them? If you've had issues with leaking, prolapse, or any of those pelvic health concerns, then probably an internal vaginal examination would be the best, you know, gold standard, if you chose. The next level is having an, a real-time ultrasound. So they can put, it's like the ultrasound where they look at the babies, but we put it in a different position and we look at your pelvic floor muscles. And we can actually look at your pelvic floor muscles when they're relaxed and then when they're activated. And it's it's not... A as thorough as an internal examination. It doesn't give us as much information. But if you've had a cesarean, you haven't got any concerns. Um, you just want to make sure that you that you understand how to do a nice lift and relax, and that might be enough for you. Um, so not everyone needs to have an internal, but I would recommend that you feel confident in knowing if you're doing a lift or relax. And um, there's lots of other things you can discuss at the, with the women's health clinic too, like if you've got aches and pains, perhaps you need some um, exercises for your abdominals, perhaps you want to get some tubey grip. And we haven't even talked about abdominal supports after cesarean, but some sort of um, support wear around there for the interim while you get stronger. So a women's health physio doesn't just look at the pelvic floor. Hopefully they look at you as a whole person. Work out what your goals are. You know, someone who wants to get back to running marathons is probably going to have a very different goal to someone who just is keen to be able to go for walks and, you know, function day-to-day pain-free. So what about taking care of your wound? And I guess after six weeks maybe people wouldn't necessarily call it a wound anymore, but taking care of your incision, because I know there can be some complications that come with having an incision. Mm. Yeah, so scar formation. So from six weeks, if you've had the medical tick of approval and you don't have any issues with healing around the wound, 
Look, it's quite interesting. I've actually changed what I recommend in this. And I, I'm first to put up my hand. I actually want to upskill in the latest research because I have been hearing, like I used to recommend all women to do scar massage from six weeks. But I do think research is rapidly changing and I don't provide that as a blanket recommendation. Um, so, I, yeah, definitely more selective because some women, like I think there's differences with scars. If you've got a keloid scar versus if it's healing really well, um, if you've got hypersensitivity re- uh, versus re- reduced sensitivity. So there's lots of different reasons why scar massage might be appropriate or what might why it might not be appropriate Mm. so if you've got any concerns about your scar being oversensitive or undersensitive so it's feeling numb have a chat to your physio or your doctor Um, and yeah if you're worried about any uh, the keloid scar formation where it's like thickened and quite pink then also I would seek um, that individual support so why would that be important then? What are sort of, sort of the long-term implications of just leaving the hyposensitivity or hypersensitivity? Well, I once had a woman come to see me because she was about 10 months after birth. She said her scar was so sensitive, she struggled to change her baby's nappy and lean on the um, change table. Wow. And she said she hated her husband putting his hand, like when they were being intimate, putting his hands anywhere near her scar. And it's not just a physical, like there's an emotional Mm. and, you know, all those sides of things associated with having a scar. So look, for some women, um, it's, it, the scar just heals beautifully by itself with no intervention required. For other women, they do need help support. Like we used to think that scar massage helped with the tissue formation and, and it can in certain circumstances. It can help reduce the scar. So, yeah, if it's bothering you, check it out. Hmm. I did want to ask, you know, if you – because I found, like, working and rehabilitating with um, physios in the past, you do really bond with them. And like you were saying, there is um, an emotional side of this rehabilitation and learning about your body and, you know, things that you can do and the, and I guess the progress that you make over time. Do you have any advice for women who might be feeling overwhelmed or anxious about their cesarean section recovery? I think it's totally valid to be concerned about your recovery. You know, ultimately we all want to get back to feeling normal, whatever normal is for us, right? And this is where I think having a game plan after your cesarean can be really helpful in terms of how you're feeling. It's just, it's, I, th- I feel like it's whenever we feel out of control, that's when the overwhelm starts. So if you can set in, put some, even like small measures into place to have a bit of a plan of action after having a baby, then please, um, yeah, do that. Um, my, my podcast hopefully would help with that as well if you want to check out the fitness mama podcast so if you're feeling overwhelmed check out some of those episodes because there's some amazing ones um so whether or not it's podcast doctor yeah is if you're feeling overwhelmed please come and send me an instagram message or you know or yourself and but like there's so many lovely things we can do to help support you Hmm. you did touch on earlier 
um, sort of the healthcare around, um, you know, postnatal rehabilitation and pelvic floor rehabilitation and how, you know, we have, you have knee surgery and then you've got this amazing rehab program that's sequential, like you were saying, and then, you know, women do have babies and then it's, you know, you leave the hospital and it's like, okay, well, you're on your own now, particularly uh, depending on what kind of um, care you have as well. But I, I wondered for you as a physio, what do you think a woman's recovery after a cesarean section would be if we had appropriate and adequate rehab and healthcare around it? Well, we need to do a research study on that, don't we? <laughs> but I do know that, you know, let's, let's not talk about cesareans necessarily, but the uh, healthcare, billions of dollars are spent a year, every single year, billions of dollars on incontinence. And sure, these are made often older people and older women, but we know pregnancy and childbirth have a big risk factors in incontinence and this is just one example um, whether or not you've had a cesarean or a vaginal birth and then we've got menopause on our doorstep and by the time we all have reached menopause no matter if we've had a vaginal birth or a cesarean we're all at the same risk as each other in terms of incontinence and all those lovely pelvic health issues so i would hope and again we need research study on this if you're volunteering amber but that alone, if we could help support women earlier, will that help with how many billions of dollars we're spending on healthcare for this issue later on in life? You know, then there's the mental health side of it. Like supporting our bodies to recover can help us. Yes, they can help us physically, but what about mentally? So I think there's so many, and this is such a broad question, but there's so many avenues that having that support like there's so many ways that can help us physically, mm. mentally, our mind, body and soul, you know, how we're functioning as a family, our relationship with our husband, our relationship with our kids. Like, yeah. I sort of see it as like a preventative. 100%. And as a physio, like it's, I think things have changed in the last few years, which is great. But as a physio, I used to mostly just see women in the clinic when they already had the issues you know they already had the leaking or the pain or whatever concern it was whereas these days and like this is exactly why I developed my program because I was like there's so much we can do preventatively to help either prevent these issues occurring or to help manage them earlier get on top of them earlier so yeah I'm all about preventative health care I think um, you know even there's now if you have a hip replacement there's prehab. There's mm. so they get people in for a burst of exercise because they've found that that helps with surgical outcomes. So prehab and then your surgery and then rehab. So yeah, there's so many um, ways that I think that preventative, being a bit more proactive about it all, can help. Mm. I honestly, it couldn't come fast enough, <laughs> but I'm hopeful for the future. I really am. Um, my last question to you, I I just often find that cesareans get left out of physio care, right? So a lot of the time it will be birth injuries um, to do with the vagina and pelvic floor. 
but you know I, I had a friend who had a planned cesarean and you know knew all about physios and things and you know she's my friend so why wouldn't she and she asked in hospital if she could see the physio in hospital because she had some questions and they told her well no your case doesn't grant a physio visit and declined her and I talk about this all the time but like that shocked me because you have this woman who's asking and who knows and wants answers and yet can't be provided with them yeah well I don't know what do you think about that as a physio hearing that and working in a hospital yeah so Having worked in hospital, and it's a very different in the private versus public sector, but you, you go on to your shift. You're given a list of people who've given birth that day, and then you have to prioritise them. Who really needs to see you versus who, you know, who would it be nice to go and have a chat to? And the people that are higher on the list are those that... So one example is if they've got issues with urinary retention and you need to perhaps do a bladder diary to work out if they actually need to have a catheter of some sort. Um, There's other women that have had third and fourth degree perineal tears where we know that we need to help with their management early to help reduce their risk of issues with faecal incontinence and those sorts of things. So those two conditions are always like right there, priority. Um, Pain, is it big one we'll treat if there's anything that's stopping them from being discharged we'll go and help them whether or not that's with aids you know like there are so many different types of women that give birth so some of them might already for example be wheelchair bound or Mm. have gate aids or like you know there's just everyone like all women can give birth so there's lots of different conditions that we have to deal with so when you're in the hospital system um there's those that need a physio in order to be discharged so if you've had a cesarean recovery is pretty standard no specific issues they probably would have been lower on the list which isn't good like I totally agree we need there it comes down to funding doesn't it in hospitals yeah totally and I mean we don't have enough women's health physios as it is you know they they were saying that where like the demand is so high and the supply is so low and so when people mm. go and book for a physio, it's really difficult to yeah. get into. I don't know about where you live, but that's certainly yeah. the case where I am. Oh, I heard last week of a physio clinic having to close down one of their um, one of their clinics because they didn't have enough staff, and it was a yeah. staffing issue, not yeah. so much yeah anything else. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kath. This has been nice to chat chat with you and get to know you a little bit better. And yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening and would like to share your story with us or feel compelled to talk about issues surrounding women's health, please don't hesitate to reach out. We would love to hear from you. You can find us at The Power of Birth on Instagram and Facebook or on our website, thepowerofbirth.net. If you loved this episode, we would love it if you left us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and share us with your family and friends. The conversation has to start somewhere. Thank you again for listening and we hope you join us in the next episode.